Hey yo everyone, welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about anime episodes 101 to 103, which will be covering manga chapters 160 and 165. 160, we get to finally see the scene that was held in the Spider's Cafe with the Baroque Works agent that was left out earlier. And then we catch back up to 165 here. And this will be a rather short episode again. And we will be covering more predominantly filler material. But continuing on with the journey through the desert, we get a couple more of those filler episodes. And then finally we get back on track with the last episode in 103. So the synopsis, we get a pair of filler episodes, the first with Ace confronting a bounty hunter claiming to have defeated Blackbeard, which Ace has been chasing down, and the next episode, which has the crew getting separated while making their way through the desert. And finally, in the lone canon episode of The Bunch, we finally see the crew arrive in Yuba, as well as the Baroque Works officer agents coming together for the first time. So just like the last podcast, the first two episodes are almost completely filler except for the last part of episode 101 where Ace departs the Straw Hats and gives Luffy that piece of paper. Now that scene originally took place while on the boat just after Ace had blown away the billions with his Iken and right there is when he originally left but obviously the anime kept him around. So he departs here and has that pretty much a similar exchange here where he gives Luffy that piece of paper and then the rest of the actual canon episode in 103 that remains the same. Now getting into my thoughts on these episodes I mean they attempt to give Ace a reason for him to stay around in Alabasta for so long and he's actually looking for a bounty hunter that claims to have defeated Blackbeard but it turns out to be a wild goose chase. The one important and canon bit to come out of this episode is the very end where Ace departs and leaves Luffy, like I was saying, and he gives him a blank sheet of paper. This sheet of paper, right now, we don't really know what it actually means. It's just completely blank, doesn't do anything, but while it may not seem like anything right now, it is actually a very important piece of paper, and I hate that this small scene is inserted into a bunch of meaningless episodes and could be easily missed if you decide to skip the filler episodes because this is actually an incredibly important element in the One Piece story. Like, it's huge. It is a very important thing that needs to actually be known by all people that watch One Piece because it is such a significant thing. I know by saying that it's kind of a spoiler, but whatever you do, do not skip this episode because that piece of paper is important. And that's the one thing that I want people to take away from this is that if you do decide to skip filler, just watch the last five minutes of this episode. The second filler episode Uh, 102 is even more useless to the story in my opinion as literally nothing happens. I do like the small bit of dialogue from Zoro and Nami on them reflecting why they continue to follow Luffy and what teamwork means to the crew. It kind of foreshadows how much teamwork will be a huge part of their success in the coming conflict with the Baroque works. But beyond that, this episode is incredibly uninteresting and boring. I mean nothing happens. It's just them walking and getting lost and Even though I've always said that I like episodes where it's just the crew doing stuff, nothing actually happens in this episode. Like, no character development, no relationship depth comes about in this episode, really. Aside from maybe Chopper and Zoro. Episode 103 is where we finally get things back on track 
and things get really interesting again. We finally get to see all the major players and villains of this arc. The remaining Baroque Works officer agents are introduced. Minister 2 we've already met, but we finally get to see Mr. 4 and Miss Merry Christmas. And I remember when I first saw these two, they were not at all what I had imagined. Like a dim-witted big guy and a fast-talking old lady is hardly what I imagined to be an intimidating pair of a assassin group called the Baroque Works, and especially one of the caliber of officer agents, especially having seen the other pairs, you know, with Mr. 3, Mr. 5, and Mr. 2 being these. I mean, Mr. 2 is kind of ridiculous, but he also has this sort of intimidating, like, unhinged aspect to his character. And then lastly, we finally get introduced to the Mr. 1 pair, the supposed strongest pair of the officer agents, and this is more what I expected to see as Baroque Works officer agent villains. However, his partner, Miss Doublefinger, I never was able to figure out her code name reference until I actually looked it up, and Oda addressed this in an SBS, and it's meant to refer to New Year's Day, as in January 1st, which is 1-1, and so when you hold your index fingers up to signify 1-1, one, one, it's double fingers. And so Miss Double Finger is meant to reference the holiday of New Year's Day. We don't learn too much about them other than they, for the most part, haven't met each other and they barely get along, if at all. And Mr. 2 and Mr. 1 definitely do not get along with each other as Mr. 2 is this flamboyantly energetic character while Mr. One is a very serious and down-to-business type of guy and so he kind of hates Mr. Two. One thing I found really weird and kind of unnecessary is the surprise reveal that Paula or whatever her name is, Miss Doublefinger, you know, that she is Miss Doublefinger. I, I, I don't get it. Like they just introduced her literally three minutes ago and then all of a sudden it's like a surprise reveal. Oh, she's the Miss Doublefinger. It's like, what? <laughs> Why was this need why did this need to be a surprise? I mean, it's not like we saw her prior to this. I yeah, I really don't understand why Oda decided to do this surprise reveal with her, but I I guess it's I, yeah, I I honestly don't know. It was, seems really unnecessary to the story. Moving back to the other storyline, the Straw Hats finally arrive at Yuba, but when they arrive, the oasis is buried in sand with one lone old man digging it up and informs him that the rebel army had relocated recently to Katoria, so they traveled here for no reason, and it is all the way back in the other direction. In the next scene, we get to see the toll of what Crocodile's schemes are doing to the people of Alabasta as the shriveled old man recognizes Vivi and it's revealed that he is Toto, Koza's dad, and he's lost a ton of weight as it looks like in the years since the flashback when Vivi was a child and he's been trying to restore Yuba back to the oasis that it once was and tried to stop the rebellion from throwing their lives away as he has his complete faith in the king and he knows that he's a good person and wouldn't allow this to happen, that there must be something more to this story. And so he wanted to dissuade his son and the rest of the army from throwing their lives away in a meaningless fight over some sort of a misunderstanding. More on Toto in the next episode, but for now, it's just really sad to see this once energetic and optimistic person wasted away to nothing but skin and bones, desperately trying to save his town and country. I always really feel for Toto here, and I'll obviously get Get more into this in the next episode because I don't want to really want to spoil anything but yeah I it always makes me sad to see Toto just all by himself trying to dig up Yuba like this to end the episode we get a cutaway and a proper introduction to the current day rebellion leader a grown-up Koza and fun fact he is voiced by Takeshi Kusao 
another Dragon Ball veteran voice actor. He plays none other than future Trunks. And also, if you play Guilty Gear, he's Kai Kisuke as well. But yeah, we get another Dragon Ball alum, and he sounds awesome. I love his voice, to be honest, and I'm glad that he's also in One Piece. In closing, like the previous episodes, these episodes are mostly pretty uninteresting and ultimately not relevant to the story, except for the one canon episode, which only has small bits of important story elements, the introduction and reintroduction of characters. Luckily for us, this is it for the fillers, and from here on out, it's a nonstop ride till the climax of the arc and the saga, because these last six episodes have been hard to get through. I'm like, especially because these are, are rewatches for me, and normally I skip these episodes, except for the two canon ones, but yeah, these episodes are tough to watch. I really hate these filler episodes. But anyways, if you enjoyed this, send me a like or comment, and if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. You can also check out my Instagram at SunnyGoPodcast if you want updates of when I post new episodes or to see some random pictures. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast and stay tuned for a small spoiler section if you're interested. But if not, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Alright, so spoiler sections. Only, well, one main thing, but there's another thing that I kind of wanted to mention too, and I don't know if this is just me seeing what I want to see, but in the episode 102, when Zoro, Chopper, and Luffy fall into that underground cave, it seems like there's a poneglyph in there. Like, there's a big square rock in there with poneglyph-like writing, and I wonder if that's just like an oversight from the animators because of that filler section that it's not supposed to be there because poneglyphs, first of all, are incredibly rare, and why would one just be sitting there doing nothing when the other ones have all been guarded or in very like sacred places and so i'm wondering if that's just they just threw that in there because it looked cool from the other poneglyphs but didn't understand just how significant a poneglyph was i just found it really weird that it's just laying right there in the ground randomly with no notice or mention of it but obviously the bigger thing i wanted to mention is the vibra card i don't i don't know if that's how you actually pronounce it in english i mean because in Japanese, I always just hear it as Biburukado. So I just phonet- uh, phonetically translate it as Vivera card. But anyways, those the piece of paper that Ace hands to Luffy is obviously huge. I mean, it plays such a big role in the rest of the story. It helps them find each other and helps everyone find each other. And whether whether it be the Marines, whether it be other pirates. And clearly, you know, that, that takes a huge, huge... Um, role in Ace's execution in Marineford when Luffy notices the piece of paper, you know, singed and burning while he's on Amazon Lily and realizes that Ace is in trouble. And then again, we also get to see in Thriller Bark, Lola, who gives Nami her Vibra card. And then that comes back to play a huge role in Whole Cake Island. And you see that, you see her using the Vibra card to sort of influence all the the woodland creatures and then also to gain control of king bomb and you know having him on their side is a huge boon to them in whole cake island 
as they're often, you know, he's he's often shuttling them around back and forth on the island and protecting them. And so, yeah, these this piece of paper, I hate that they stuck it into this this random filler episode. And <laughs> I just don't I yeah, I really I really hate that that such a significant piece of the story is just stuffed in there like that. And I, you know, when they first introduced that piece of paper, we all knew it had to be something important. I mean, just a blank sheet of paper couldn't just be a blank sheet of paper if if this was if such a significant moment was placed to it. And lo and behold, yeah, it's a huge deal. And so it's interesting how that that piece of paper or the paper card is just kind of like a throwaway thing here in the anime, and it's kind of unfortunate. But you know, I, I'm I'm glad that it's there, but it's just like. They could, they should have done something different with this scene rather than just chucking it in there. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I mean, that's kind of a small nitpick, but yeah. But anyways, thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>